Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fairway Evangelion, the Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast, where we go through the series bit by bit. My name is Keith, and as always, I'm going through for my last time, and I'm joined by Peter. Hello! Who is going through for his first. So today we are going through the Shinji Ikari Detective Diaries, Volume 1. This was originally released back in November of 2010 on the 24th. For the synopsis of this one, we have... When even a tough dude like his pal Toji is getting menaced by a gangster, a nice guy like Shinji Ikari feels obligated to seek out the local private eye, Ryoji Kaji, and his striking young assistant, Kaoru Nagisa. Somehow, though, Shinji gets drafted into solving the case himself with Kaoru's help, although Kaoru quickly becomes a mystery of his own. Doesn't he always? That is pretty much... That's pretty much how every description of a plotline for the Evangelion can end. Somehow, Kaoru becomes a mystery of his own. So how do you feel you did with your prediction? Uh, I mean, there was a mystery. There weren't any diaries. And there was the occasional act of detection, so... B. Flat B. Two out of three. Yeah, I'll give myself a B. Now, uh, before we get into uh, the depth of this, uh, were you expecting uh, a Power Rangers slash no. Fate Stay Night style in a Detective Diaries? I, I'm going to be honest, I could have cut you off when you said, were you expecting, and just said no. <laughs> Nothing that happened here was something well, was I was expecting. Was I expecting Kara to be a mystery? Definitely not. I don't know why I didn't no. at this point. Um, was I expecting uh, Kaji to be a slimy meatball who, like, cons Shinji into working for him? No. No, I wasn't. Actually, that one I <laughs> Was I expecting... I'm just surprised Gendo didn't do it first. Yeah. Was I expecting fucking Pen Pen to be the lead investigator for the detective agency who gets mysteriously injured in the first chapter, and thus Shinji has to fill the boots for him? No, wasn't expecting that. Why not? You were the one that made the call that you'd be the fourth child. Yeah, that's true. I did make that prediction. So long ago. <laughs> God, that's like early days of this podcast. I think that's almost literally like two years ago at this point that I was predicting he'd be the third child. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> We've been doing this too long, Keith. <laughs> not long enough yet. There's still comics to go through. <laughs> So, the premise of this one is, for the most part, normal world, angels not attacking, world was not almost wiped out, the second impact, global catastrophe type thing. Instead, we get kind of like, almost a Sailor Moon-like plot. Yeah, a little bit. Where it's, investigation agency, quote-unquote, is solving mysteries, but really their main thing is getting these crystals. Yeah, there's magic crystals that only the chosen children can use their heart to evoke and bring out a Ava from inside of the crystal yeah. to fight scumbags, essentially. Not angels, just dudes who are not good. Yeah, and this is kind of like where uh, I don't think you know too much about fate, uh, but the way that they do the summoning thing. I'm sorry, it's just, you're saying I don't think you know too much about fate? I realize Fate is an anime series, and as discussed previously, I don't watch a lot of anime series, but it sounded like you just were suggesting I don't know much about the concept of Fate and, like, things being predetermined. Let me explain books to you. Let me explain prophecy, just the general concept of it. It has nothing to do with this series, but let me explain it to you. I, I guarantee it will take less time than me explaining Neon Genesis. You know what, that's probably... Given that we've spent about two years of you explaining Neon Genesis to me, yeah, that's probably accurate. But the rough gist of it is they summon magical being that they're the master of, and they fight each other with. And it's almost, almost that concept. With one small tweak, these magical beings refuse to fight each other, <laughs> yeah. and it almost seemed like they were about to just start making out when they both appeared in the yeah. same room. So I guess it's kind of closer to, like, like a Zatch Bell, almost? Sure. Those are words, probably. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, Shinji didn't have one for most of the comic. Uh, and the only ones we really see is Asuka and Cowers. Yeah, Quattro and Deuce. Yeah. Which I don't know <laughs> what the naming scheme here, because Shinji's is Uno. Well, I assume it's named after, like, the Avas they originally get, where Shinji has Unit 1, so he oh, has yeah. Uno. And Asuka has Unit 2, so she has Deuce. But Kaji having Quattro... Uh, not Kaji. Not Kaji. Kaoru. Yeah. Kaoru having Quattro. Well, he technically was supposed to be the fourth child, right? Yeah, so I, that's what I was thinking initially, was it's named after the child, and I was expecting but Shinji, Shinji to should, pull out yeah. Trace or something like that. But nope, Shinji pulls out Uno, which I can only assume means when Ray shows up, she's either going to pull out three or she's somehow going to pull out zero. <laughs> and Ray can also mean zero, wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. Ray summons Ray. <laughs> yeah. That would be pretty great. If Or we find out Ray is an Ava. And she summons herself because she's both a child and the Ava. Or someone else has summoned Ray. Yeah. I mean, that would explain why she showed up uh, all physically assaulted. Because in this world, you don't do any of the fighting yourself. You summon the Ava, the Ava does the fighting. Yeah. But in one of the episodes, we get the classic Ray all bandaged up. <laughs> so, like, it implies Ray herself did some of the fighting. So Ray might actually be the Ava. <laughs> oh, we'll find out, won't we? I guess we'll find out next time. It's only speaking two volumes. Which, speaking of which, next time... Cut the podcast here. <laughs> Immediately roll into the We said nothing. That's all you need to know. That's everything you need to know about the Shinji Akari uh, Detective Diary. Alright, let's go through the cases. There are four cases. Yep. Case the first. Uh, Toji pissed off a, ma- a Yakuza member. I don't even know that Toji uh, pissed off a Yakuza member. I mean, I'm fully willing to believe Toji pissed off a Yakuza member. <laughs> all we get is Toji's side of the story. Yeah. And I don't think it played out exactly that way. See, Toji's side of the story, and what Kaji infers from Toji's side of the story, is that there are essentially gangsters uh, running a scam on high school students, where they tell them they have to pay them $500,000, or 500,000 yen, or they'll beat them up and do all that stuff. And the idea is that the kid then goes to their parents, and the parents end up going to a loan shark to pay off the debt to the mafia, but it turns out the loan shark is owned by the same people as the mafia, and that's just a way of getting the parents in debt to the mafia. That's what uh, they suggest. Also, if they beat up the kid, I'm pretty sure you can just go to the police. Yeah. Here's the thing, Keith. As K- Toji, as Toji explained, they're watching us right now. If they, if we go to the police, they'll know that we went to the police. I don't know why that stops going to the police from being <laughs> a viable option, but they would be aware of the fact that we went to the. So police. if you can't go to the police, the next best thing is going to prof. Yeah. Uh, and so they go to Shinji and ask Shinji to solve it for them, and. This is a world where, also, Shinji's introduction is saying how he doesn't trust anyone, there's no way anyone can ever trust anyone, which is proven accurate by how everyone treats him over the course of the series. He really shouldn't trust anyone. That's true. Um, But, Shinji's inner monologue is Toji saying, hey, you're our friend, you have to help us. And Shinji's inner monologue is, we're friends, I never fucking knew that. Also, a friend is just the stranger who's physically closest to you. (laughs) Which is just... Perhaps the most honest Shinji we've seen so far about why he doesn't, like, interact with other people. He just refuses to trust anyone also, else. Also, the implication that he lives alone, too. Yeah. Also, we'll get to it later, but there is a rival agency for the Kaji Detective Agency. It, where this agency is the Ryoji Kaji Agency. As soon as the other agency get named it, the G.I. G.I. You also, should have figured it out. Yeah, it's the Gendo Akari fucking <laughs> Detective Agency. And then you see the parallels, but this one probably has Gendo and Futsuki. Whereas this one has 
uh, Kaji and Karu, and it's kind of like that whole time in Volume 3, 3.33 of Rebuild, when we found out there was a time when Kaji and Karu led Nerve. The, this did come out around the same time, so, so I can see how that could be a fresh idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's what's going on. Anyways, Volume 1, Shinji goes to the detective agency. After Which had a flyer in the uh, junior high school for some reason. Also, there's like a preamble before the first chapter... Where, like, Misato's clearly talking to Kaji, but I think we can get Shinji with this one. Which may- leads me to believe, based on everything that happened in this first volume, they actually hired the Mafia guys, or the Yakuza <laughs> guys, to go after Toji, and specifically said, hey, and, like, told them to, like, say to Toji in the moment, like, hey, you got any, like, professor-like friends who you could, like, tell to solve this for you? Maybe look at flyers around the time you find them, see if that is any interesting you information. <laughs> you have to pay us money. Don't go to the police, because it will hurt you more. But by God, I hope you don't know a prof. Yeah, if you know a prof, definitely don't send him to a detective agency. That's our true Achilles heel. I'm serious, that scared the shit out of us. You know they got a penguin as their lead investigator? What the fuck are we supposed to do about a penguin? I've seen Phineas and Ferb, I don't want to deal with this. Oh, God. So, as previously mentioned, Chindy goes to the Kaji Detective Agency. For some reason. Yeah. He even, like, has his inner monologue of, this is a terrible idea, but fuck it, let's do it anyways. What's the worst that can happen? And as we find out, the worst that can happen is being conned into internal servitude for the Ryoji Kaji Detective Agency. Which has some supernatural combat element to it. Yep. But we don't know about that yet. No. How would we know about that? Exactly. Um, Except for the fact that Kaurum almost immediately reveals it. Yes. So, uh, the events that happen after arriving at the Ryoji Kaji Detective Agency... Uh, Shinji opens the door. Pen Pen escapes. Misato tells Shinji it's your responsibility to catch Pen Pen because you let Pen Pen get out. Even though in this world, Pen Pen is their lead investigator. Clearly he gets out sometimes. Yeah, but he wasn't on a job. Of course. Um, I will say at this point, because I want to comment on some of the characters' versions, the Toji that we have and the Kensuke that we have... Perfectly on brand Toji's and Kensuke. Yeah, I'm uh, fully on board with like that. The, they are in every other version. They're the quintessential Toji and Kensuke. The Shinji in this one is the most sad sex Shinji <laughs> we've seen in a long time. It's just, he doesn't like anyone, doesn't want to do anything for anyone else. But the moment someone says, do this for me, he's like, fine, I'll do this for you. There's no other option. It's easier to get them to go away if you do it for them. Yeah. Um, so, Shinji accepts the quest of catching Pen Pen. And literally hurdles himself downstairs to catch Pen Pen, injuring himself in the process. And breaking a price laws. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that just yet. <laughs> Maybe it does have a price. I'm just going to assume it's priceless. Yeah. Probably had like a $5 sticker on it, but it was worth millions of dollars. Shinji's a bad detective. Yeah. Uh, so now that Pen Pen's injured, Shinji has to go investigate the Yakuza's insane. Because that... I just want to talk, I know this is a manga and it's meant to be a little bit silly and weird, but can you imagine if in your real life you're like, I need to hide a, hire a private investigator for this very specific task, and you show up at the private investigator and, just, and he's like, uh, my parent's sick, so you have to do it instead, but still pay me. Pay me, but then you go do the thing you're hiring me to do. I thought you were going to point out that the issue with them hire, like sending a junior high student to go deal with the Yakuza. No, that I'm fully on board with. <laughs> That's just standard anime. Yeah. Also, this is a world... Shinji might not realize it, but this is a world where... Chin, uh, not Shinji. This is a world where children have 
Power Rangers, or not Power Rangers, Sailor Moon type powers. Of course you would expect yeah. a high school or junior high kid to be able to take on the Yakuza in their entirety. Especially when, as I'm still convinced, you hired the Yakuza in the first place to bring up this <laughs> child's inner talents. I mean, from my long history of reading manga and watching anime, I'm positive if I've ever went to Japan, I would just see junior high students solving all the world's problems while I was there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if I went to Japan... And I thought it'd be, like, silly to, like, shoplift, like, a pack of gum from a Japanese supermarket or something. The 14-year-old schoolgirl beat the shit out of you? Uh, yeah, exactly. Thus, succeeding in my plan from going to Japan in the first place to get a 14-year-old schoolgirl to get... Nope, I'm not gonna finish <laughs> that thought. That I already have a creepy enough vibe on this podcast. I don't need to lead into it. Anyways, uh, so Shinji and Karu are also were introduced to Karu, the mysterious young handsome boy. And the assistant to Detective Penpen. Yeah, he's the, the, the assistant detective. Assistant investigator? Whatever. Vice investigator. He's the Robin to Pen Pen's Batman. Exactly. That's the way to put it. Uh, and so he goes out to solve a crime, but has to bring Shinji with him because it's only safe if he's in to do a lot of crime. Solve spree. Sure. We're gonna go with that. Yeah. Anyways, um, and they just happen to immediately stumble across Toji and Kensuke getting beat up by the two Yakuza from earlier who were telling them that they have to pay him back. Or that beat them up. Yeah, so I'm assuming Toji didn't get the money. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure Toji went home to his father, and his father was like, you're in your 40s, how can you not afford to pay the Yakuza yourself? Leave my home immediately. <laughs> a 40-year-old that can't pay off the Yakuza. What have I done to raise a son like this? <laughs> so, uh, they're getting the shit kicked out of him. Shinji shows up and he's like, yo, what the fuck do we do? And Ka- Ka- Kaoru is like, well, I'm sure you'll figure it out. In the meantime, I'll punch that one. You punch that one. And so they both run at them. Shinji cowers. Kaoru punches both. The end. Yeah. Okay. Clearly Shinji just got the wrong message. Yeah. Um, but don't worry. It's about to get more intense as approximately eight or so Yakuza folks now surround them in a tight circle. And Kaoru's like, I know you fucked off and didn't do anything the first time, but I really need you to do something this time. And Shinji's like, I'm just an average, normal, everyday junior high student in Japan. What can I do other than manifest magical powers? So what am I supposed to do right now? Kara's like, fuck it, fine, I'll do it myself. And he brings out Quattro. Quattro beats up some folks. Quattro's also very handsome. I feel like I should put Oh, Quattro's the Ava. I don't know if we mentioned yeah. that. I think we mentioned that. But the Ava and the say, necklace, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, Ava's in this one are uh, spiritual beings that exist <laughs> we, we inside know. Ross. We know. Deuce and Quattro. Yes. And Uno. We will know Uno later. Anyways, that's the end of the volume. Or not the end of the volume. The end of the chapter. Uh, with the small addendum of Shinji returns to the de- de- detective agency. And Kaji's like, great job. Also, you work for us forever now. I'm moving you out of your home and into mine. You work for me forever. You broke that vase. That vase was worth millions of dollars. I've hidden the evidence. You can't confirm how much it was. He, he Tom Nooks really hard. Yeah, he, he that's the best phrase for it. He gets Tom Nooked really fucking hard. Anyways, case two. Yeah. What's case two about, Keith? I legitimately don't remember which one case two is. Uh, it, it's... Uh, what is case two? <laughs> is case two the one with the mannequin that's counting bottles? Yes, case two is the one with the anatomical mo- uh, uh, mannequin. And the ghost vandalism. Yes, and the ghost that's counting bottles and crying when it uh, gets to a certain number. So yeah, that, that's the thing. Not a lot really happens in this one is the problem. Yeah, so this one, uh, uh, 
we're just going to kind of speed run this one because as Keith mentioned, there's not a lot that happens. Essentially what happens is... Uh, Coward was like, you're pathetic, Shinji. You're pathetic and you suck. But then when they go back to Kaji's detective agency, Kaji's like, wow, Kaura had nothing but good things to say about you, Shinji. Way to go, bud. Um, Here, take this bracelet. Yeah, you work for us now. Also, by accepting the bracelet, you've accepted unconditional terms to work for us forever. Uh, and then they are told that there's an anatomical mannequin that's counting bottles in the science room after class and crying. And so they have to investigate it and figure out what's going on. And so they do. And as they get to the classroom, uh, glass shatters. And she's just like, wow, I'm magic. This is like Pulp Fiction. They shot right at me, but none of the bullets hit me. They all hit around me. And then we cut to that meme where, like, a child sleeping in a bed, and an adult is, like, standing up, taking all the arrows that would be hitting the child in the bed, except it's just Kaji, not Kaji, Karu, taking all the glass to the back. Yeah, and the arm. Yeah. And then we find out that uh, it was actually just Kensuke and Toji who um, were counting glass bottles and crying. They had science class the other day and think they misplaced one of the beakers. And uh, the beakers that this school has is, are apparently really expensive, and if anyone finds out they misplaced one, uh, there's no way they can ever pay them back. So it kind of seems like <laughs> Toji and Kensuke's entire existence in the series is to owe someone money and have no way of paying them back. Yeah. <coughs> now, the, the, the twist thing we ended up finding out, though, was the glass shatter was like, everyone kind of they're like, oh, no, it was just random happenstance that was going on. And then we see Asuka and Rei on the rooftop, and it's like, we, we, we broke the glass. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to give Shinji a chance to man up, and he didn't, like a coward. And the next time we see Rei, she's in a bloody pulp. Yeah, we have no Assuming idea. Assuming that immediately after this scene, Asuka must just beat the shit out of Rei. Oh, yeah, no, I fully believe Asuka just assaulted her unrelentingly after this. Um, speaking of which, we don't, uh, as we've already mentioned, we have no idea whether or not uh, Asuka or Rei has an Ava, so it's entirely possible Asuka just used her Ava to beat up Rei. Or just pushed her off the roof. Yeah, that too. Anyways, that's case two. Not a lot happened, as we said. Yeah. Case three, though, they go to a church. Yep. They get a gemstone. Yeah, apparently. What a five. The church has very minor earthquakes and some vandalism, and they find out that every time they're trying to disturb the church, the church shakes. And it's because there's a gemstone that takes in all attacks and reflects them in the form of minor earthquakes. It's like the most OP power of all time of Pokemon. I guess it's against, unless it's against the flying type. Yeah, unless it's against the flying type, then it's useless. Um... Yeah, so they find the stone, and Kara's like, this is perfect. That's one of those Ava stones. It's the same type of stone, and I know exactly how to collect it. If we use normal force, I want to do it, but like Newton's Law, man, we just got to use an equal and opposite force to take it. I'm going to use my Ava to take it. You can go home and wait for me at home, because the truth <laughs> Make me some dinner! <laughs> A home is someplace you can return to at the end of the day. But happiness is having someone back there doing all the chores and cleaning up after you and preparing dinner for you while you wait. Shinji. Also, we should mention uh, another thing from case two uh, is Shinji's now living with Kaoru. Yeah. Uh, and we get to see that they have a chore chart, much like with uh, Shinji and Misato. And the chart is very much like with Shinji and Misato. Yeah, I think uh, Kaoru makes breakfast twice a week and dinner three times a week and then literally every other chore is Shinji. Yeah. Um, yeah, so theory going home to make dinner and clean up and do all the other chores. When gasp, what's this? Someone walks into the church and accuses them of trying to take a stone that clearly belongs to the GI uh, detective agency. It's Oscar. Yeah. Oscar works for Gen. Only one person can enter a room that loudly. Yep. 
And so uh, she decides that the best solution, she's going to summon her Ava and they're going to fight. And then uh, Kara's like, all right, Shinji, time for you to summon your Ava and fight back. This is going to be a two-on-one fight. And this is what we referenced earlier, how when you try and make two Avas fight each other, they just kind of like get real flirtatious and refuse to fight. Because uh, Quattro and Deuce just don't want to fight. Yeah. Uh, also, just at this point, I should mention that each one seems to be in a gem and a different object. So Kaoru's Quattro is in the necklace, Asuka's Deuce is in the ring, and Shinji's Uno, which we haven't met yet, because he refuses is in a bracelet yet. Yep. Um, solid point, great addition. Didn't think to mention that, but you're right, yeah. They are all in different objects. Anyways, when uh, it turns out that the Avas are just flat out not going to fight each other, Kaoru uh, comes up with the brilliant idea of, let's just have a staring contest instead. Whoever <laughs> wins the staring contest gets to take the step. You versus Shinji. Well, actually, it's Asuka versus Karu and Shinji. They're a team. They're yeah. partners. They get to work together. Uh, and so, Asuka bears down, gets ready to stare at Karu, and Karu just puts Shinji in front of him. Asuka bursts at laughing and loses. Yeah. The end. Karu takes the step. That's also how I win every staring contest. Put Shinji in front of you? Yeah. Yeah, it would work. I would burst at laughing. And then I'd bully Shinji. Um... Also, there's a moment where it looks like they're going to kiss, but they don't. Well, that's because Kaoru shoves them into each other. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, Kaoru says, now, distract her, and pushes Shinji <laughs> And he sends Quattro to get the stone. <laughs> yeah. Which gets... you just won the game. You could just take it. You don't need to distract her. Anyways. Also, there's two of you. If your angel Ava things don't want to fight, just kick the shit out of her. Yeah. Just beat her up. Yeah. You're in a church. No one's there. <laughs> Nothing wrong with beating up a woman in church. That's where... God's host, that's where it's meant to happen. He'd stop you. Yeah. So anyways, um, they bring the stone back to the Kaji Detective Agency, uh, and Misato explains that there are five of these stones, and this is a, another one of the same type of Ava stones as the first two. Except this one's just the stone. There's no jewelry around it. Mysterious. Maybe. I do really like the uh, twist at the end of this uh, chapter. <laughs> Oh, what twist is that? So it's the one where uh, the someone keeps bombing the school? Oh, right, yes. The the final case, the case of um, stink bombs being put throughout the school. Yeah. And in Shinji's bag. And it, well, there's a bonus one put in Shinji's bag. <laughs> yeah. So, um... That one's on the house. We find out that uh, there are people putting stink bombs in the school. Kaji's like, it's one of these two people. They've recently uh, dropped out of school. They're the only people who would ever put stink bombs in the school. Not an active student. Active students love their school as we all yeah. know. Everyone has strong school pride. That's why you're doing all these cases for free to help your school, Shinji. It's a no fact the only person that hates the school is the person who willingly chose to not come back. Exactly. Um, so, uh, they interrogate these two people. One of them is apparently playing uh, like World of Warcraft all night raiding with teammates. So I mean, there is a lot of money in that. Perfect alibi. Uh, the <laughs> other one doesn't really give a solid alibi, just says I left that school and I never want to go back so why would I go back? Which honestly is a pretty solid argument. I would more be more willing to blame one of the truants who currently goes to school, but whatever. Yeah. Also, I realized by just saying the word truant I make myself sound like a 60-year-old teacher who's shouting at children. Um, As opposed to the 40-year-old student that's trying to pretend to be a child. Exactly. Instead of sounding like Toji. <laughs> and you're a single prof in there. Yeah, you're right. Um, so they... Uh, are about to just chalk it out to, well, it was neither one of these people, because they both have solid alibis. One has a very solid alibi of he was gaming all night, 
and people who can vouch for him being there. And the other one has a very solid alibi of, come on, man, why would I do this? Seriously, though. <laughs> Which was correct. Yeah. Even uh, though she's just like, wait a second, he has the same motorcycle. It had to have been him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Man, way to profile, Shinji. Uh, the surprising twist reveal at the end is that the person who was bombing the school was Kaji to try and <laughs> trick Shinji into using his Ava to protect himself from the incoming bomb. Which, the funny thing is, up to this point, it's stink bombs. Yes. And Shinji finds the one in his bag, and that's the one he's like, oh, this is a real bomb? Someone's been targeting me specifically. <laughs> with stink bombs, and now they're going to try to kill me with a real bomb. Yeah. Uh, and so he summons his Ava, and his Ava is like, oh, you're my master, are you? Well, I suppose if you die, I'll die too. Let me huck that bomb into space for you real quick. And then, um, as he hucks it into space, it unfurls into a giant banner that says, Well done, Shinji! Which, the problem I have with this is, if he didn't do that, he just would have had the fucking thing explode in his pocket, say, Good job, Shinji! And then the cat would have been completely out of the bag. And I think there's no coming back from that point. You're forgetting. There still would be a small explosive device to get it to unfurl properly, so Shinji probably might have also had just, like, a hip dislocated in addition to having a, a banner unfurled saying, well done, Shinji. You know, that that probably would have got him out of paying that debt. Yeah, that probably would have. He probably would have sued them for the exact amount of debt he owed. <laughs> Kaji would have been like, let's just call it even. And Shinji would be like, all right, cool, I'm going to go. <laughs> Keeping the stone, though. This is mine. <laughs> Never going to use it again, but it's mine. And by again, I mean not at all, because in this alternate timeline, he didn't use it in that one case to throw the bomb. He is implied to have not used it. Yeah. The again makes us think otherwise. Of course. Anyways, that's chapter four. That's the fourth case. That's that's the entirety of volume one. Yeah. Well, we also get the last minute stinger of Gendo doing the Gendo pose as Asuka and Ray walk in. Yes. Turns out the GI detective agency was surprise, surprise, run by Gendo Akari. Who would have guessed the naming scheme in this specific version of the world? I have no way of knowing. Also, it's heavily implied that everyone else knows that it's Gendo Akari and knows Gendo's relation to Shinji, because when Shinji asks about the GI detective agency, Misato's just like, well, let's just put it this way. You've already met them. <laughs> that's all we'll say about that. Oh, you mean specifically when Ray and Asuka, which are part of that agency. Wink? Why'd you say that out loud, Misato? Why did you say wink? You didn't even wink at me. You just said wink. <laughs> you just dead-eyed stared at me. No blinking whatsoever. Yes, Shinji. Wink. <laughs> Can I go home? Once you've paid us $500 million. I mean, one more fall, maybe he'll do it in the next one. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he'll pay off all his debts. Maybe he'll kill his dad. Maybe we'll find out who's mysteriously in charge of the GI detective agency. There's no way to know, <laughs> I mean, we didn't see a face, it's so we'll true. never know. It could have just been Fyutsuki hiding his hands in the Gendo pose. Wearing uh, Gendo's nerve uniform. Yeah. Gendo's corpse is in the back room. The only case they can't solve is who killed Gendo. Yeah. Definitely wasn't Fyutsuki. That's, That's what sure. this is building up to. Yeah. Who killed Gendo Hikari? Yeah. So what'd you think? It's a fun one. Uh, I really like this one. It's very different from the other ones. This one's more on the serious side. Like it's also got like kind of like a what's the for it? The art style is uh, distinct of another type of manga series, a genre, but I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> but it kind of has like uh, a similar art style you would expect in like a sailor, uh, shoujo or something like that. Something like that. 
Um, I mean, I wouldn't know. I didn't experience anything <laughs> uh, manga or anime related until the past decades, as previously stated on this podcast. And I'm now doubling down. <laughs> well, if I had to say I had a, a disappointment about this, it's the fact that there was really no detective work going on whatsoever. There was a, a like the bare minimum amount of detective work for it to be called a detective diary. Yeah. Yes, I wish there were more actual mysteries and things to be resolved. Yeah. Even if it was them just solving stupid school mysteries like they kind of did in the second one. The second one was the only one where they actually solved any sort of mystery. Yeah. Everything else was just Ava's and fighting. Yeah. And, like, implied making out. I mean, they do live together. It's true. And now they know what happiness is when one of them is waiting for the other one at home to make out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. I make out dinner, right? Yeah, exactly. Make out some dinner based on a recipe. Uh, that's what I was trying to say. But no, I completely agree. I really like this. Uh, this is... It's refreshing to have a narrative and plot-based one after some of the more recent things we've had. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, Takoyaki or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, Takizaki? Takizaki. 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 Takoyaki is the, the food the school of octopus. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Takoyaki's thing was... I mean, it was good, but it was mostly, for me, a palate cleanser after fucking... <laughs> Pico Pico middle school garbage shit story. So having something that like actually fits a solid narrative, uh, I really appreciate it. And has internal logic and follows consistent rules and it's great. Yep. Um, as you said, there are some flaws, but they're all pretty minor. I, I genuinely enjoyed this. Yeah, it's a really good one. Especially for one of the more out there spin-off ones. Oh yeah, this one's super fucking weird compared to like the actual serious narrative ones we've read. I wouldn't say it's as out there as, like, Shinji Akari Raising Project, but it's still pretty out there. Yeah. It's just funny to see the spectrum in the Neon Genesis, like, timelines of everything. Like, how what it goes from and what it goes from. Yeah. Like, it's got fucking everywhere's on the spectrum. No. Solid, solid series. I look forward to see what Volume 2 holds for us. Yep. Uh, so with that, I guess we can start wrapping up this episode. So, as always, if you'd like to reach out to us with a question, comment review whatever you can send us email what is my podcast about at gmail.com feel free to send in anime recommendations for me to get caught up on all the things i missed before the past decade i won't follow through on any of your recommendations <laughs> but feel free to still send the recommendations yeah you can help peter <laughs> you can ruin my life <laughs> on top of that these episodes go up every wednesday on all podcasting platforms as well as youtube so like favorite subscribe tell a friend word of mouth definitely helps with spreading the podcast to new users on top of that, we also have the Instagram page, Fairway Evangelion, where we update facts about the series as we go through it. Little tidbits here and there at the same time that we're going through it, so if you're following along, don't have to worry about spoilers. And, as always, Peter, what can we expect on the next episode of the Shinji Akari Detective Diary? Alright, we're going to get to see Rei as Ava, and potentially Rei as an Ava, who knows. Uh, we're going to get to see Shinji being manipulated all to heck and doing work he really shouldn't have to do. And, if I had to guess, plenty of fan service. Probably right.